Welcome to episode 13 of Raising the Apple. We have hit the teens. Uh, we are back after a very interesting week, I guess you could say. A little bit of up and down. Um, if we could play the Phillies every day for the rest of the season, uh, there would be nothing but ups. So that would be quite nice. Uh, but before I forget here, it is late at night, so I'm a, I'm a little off my game, but as always, I'm here with my co-host, Ethan. How you doing, Ethan? I'm doing all right. You know, much like the Mets, I'm a fairly indifferent, I suppose. Yeah, just Could've kind of... Worse. Uh, Could be worse. Coast, coasting along both uh, right down the middle of the road, kind of. Yep. You know what, though? They, they love to, like... They love to start us off so well. I don't know what it is about this team. I don't know if it's the long win streak at the beginning of the year or just they like to start well because they swept the Phillies at the beginning of the week and then kind of not so much. Yeah. I mean, neither neither the, the first two games against Miami, they really looked bad, I would say. I mean, Harvey had that one pitch to that Justin It was literally Moore. one pitch. Yeah, one bad one pitch the entire game, and it lost the game. Um, what do you have? Eleven strikeouts in that game. I mean, yeah, he pitched yeah. really well. Obviously, he if he had eleven strikeouts and pitched eight innings, it was just one bad pitch, one hanging slider. Yeah, and I mean, outside of that, I mean, game two, uh, it was really the bullpen, which I know we're going to get to a little bit later. Uh, yeah, but, but I mean, that, Nice didn't pitch well. No, of course not. But it was the pitched, bullpen, really. He pitched but, like Nice, I mean, but yeah, I mean, and we scored really five runs. To, uh, which it was five runs more often than not will win a game with our pitching staff. So, um, you know, can't fault the offense. They've been actually they've been decent lately. Well, I'm glad you said that actually because I would like to, I, I guess, toot my own horn a little bit. Uh, last week on the show, I said that the way this team is right now, if the pitching gives up three runs or less, we win. More than three runs, we lose. And I nailed that last week. In games where we gave up three runs or less, we were 4-0. In games where we gave up more than three runs, we were 0-2. So, I really, I really nailed that one. Actually, we won, we won 5-4 to four against Philly. Was that the, the Phillies the game with the blown bullpen? I thought that was 4-3. No, it was 5-4. Was it 5-4? Yeah. All right, so I missed one game, but I think the yeah, point still, still holds reasonably well. Yeah, that's just noise at that point. Yeah, but uh, yeah, to be fair, too, that was... Oh, that bullpen, that was a rough... That was a Terry game. That was a Terry game because I don't, I don't. All right. We're going to start the Terry thing early here. I don't get, I just don't get him because yesterday he brings in Familia, which we will get to, but he brings in Familia yesterday or Sunday because I guess people are going to be listening to this on Tuesday, which is tomorrow for us right now. Lots of days in there. Very confusing. Anyway. So yesterday, Sunday, he brings in Familia for the five out save. Brilliant. Yeah, I don't I know if I've so ever happy. been. I don't know if I've ever been so happy in my life with a Terry Collins decision as I was with that decision. But here's the problem, though. That game that we blew against the Phillies, we gave up four runs in the eighth. 
he should have done the same thing, but he didn't. What was the difference? Maybe he learned his lesson? I, I guess. I hope so, because that's... I just don't get it. Like, they made... It made perfect sense to do in both situations, and he only did it in one of the situations. Like, I don't understand how that I makes sense say, to him. I mean, for Terry Collins, making the correct decision 50% of the time is a huge step forward, so... Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I will give you that one. Honestly, though, that, when that I made saw... Me laugh. Because I saw, you know, Carlos Torres in, and I knew he was going to face Stanton, and that that could not possibly end well. Uh, no. And when he brought in Jay Reese Familia, I was like, I wanted to run down the Flutchings and hug him. Because <laughs> I, I was just... so proud of him. Oh, see, it's funny because I had such a similar reaction, but also, like, you could tell my distest for T- Collins because I had that similar reaction. And then my literally the next reaction I had was, why did he do this on Tuesday? <laughs> it went from like, I know I should be happy that he made the right decision, but because of how much I dislike him, my second thought, which occurred right away, was how he screwed up the other one. Yeah. So I'm, I'm on the, you know, well, I'm, I'm not on the fence. I shouldn't say that. I'm very firmly on the other side of the fence of Terry. But yeah, <laughs> that's just my my thought process. I you will give him credit. Though. I said and broke your neck a while ago. So well, I said from the beginning of the season that I am very rational and level headed. I don't like Terry, but I will absolutely give him credit when he does make a right decision, which he did do yesterday. Bringing in Familia for the five out save was the perfect decision. It was. And I not, mean, it was the only decision that you well, really should say, have not to make. Only, but he made it at least. Not only was it the right decision, it's a decision that. I would say probably a majority of major league managers would not make. I mean, that's just the yeah, way bullpen I mean, management goes nowadays is that guys still don't like to bring in their closers in situations like that for five out six. It's very I, rare. I just don't. And I hate that. I hate how many managers do that. So I was really happy to see Terry Collins do that. Not even the five out save. I don't get like we have all this advanced data now and all this everything and Managers still refuse to bring in their quote-unquote closers in the most high-leverage, important situation in the game. I don't care if it's the seventh inning. If you're up by one run, you got the bases loaded two outs, I'm bringing in the closer because if you give up a run there, you might not even get to the closer. Right. Like if, if he's available to use, I'm saying if he's available to use, if he's pitched the last two days in the ninth inning, and you're saying, all right, if we get to the ninth, we'll use him, then that makes sense to hold off because you don't want to just waste him. But... I mean, if he hasn't pitched in like two, three days, throw him in. Throw him in for the for that that all important out because it doesn't get any more important than that. Because look at what happened. Terry saved him in that Phillies game, and we didn't even end up using him because the bullpen blew the lead, and then there was no safe situation. So what were you saving him for? Nothing, as it turns out. That's the yeah. problem I have. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, we should probably move on so we don't, you know, go in an hour and a half. Of, uh, of Terry, Terry bashing because I I feel like our fans are probably getting sick of that by now. I will so, clarify though that I am giving him credit for yesterday, so it's not all Terry bashing. There yeah, is a little. There's a you're turning a that compliment. You're turning that compliment into a criticism. Like, oh wow, you finally did not. the right thing. Congratulations! I cannot. Come on, do you really expect <laughs> me to say all nice things about Terry? I don't even know if that's physically possible. I'm surprised you've ever said one nice thing about Terry Collins. Honestly, I mean, you are I one of the like most might... anti Terry Collins people I know. I feel like I might choke if I say too many nice <laughs> things in a row about Terry. I might like you might hear me start gasping for air. 
Anyway, um, anyway, as uh, as Texas A and M is down or California is down the final out here, we're we're kind of watching. It's ten o'clock on Monday night, so Ethan's not a big college baseball fan. I don't know how many of you guys are. Um, I'm watching the end of the California Texas game here, but I would like to throw in here over the airwaves, LSU onto the Super Regionals. Very excited about that. Just throw out my LSU pride. In case right. uh, in case we do have any other uh, college baseball fans. So keep an eye out for that. But oh, it's great. I'm surprised, Ethan, that you don't like college baseball as much because it really is a it's a very fun game to watch because it it's it's a totally different game than the pros. Yeah, as just, far as just the way it's played. I mean, it's very rarely on TV, so I don't really have a way to watch it consistently at all. And no schools around me. I mean, I mean, my area are really any good at baseball. I mean, like the yeah. biggest school we have in Connecticut is UConn, and they're. 100% basketball, obviously. I mean, UConn basketball is huge up here, but outside of that, I mean, football is mediocre. I don't even – outside of George Springer, I don't think I even know anybody who's come out of UConn recently. So it is what it is. I have a quick – one of my tangent funny stories. I uh, I trained and played baseball with a kid in, uh, in high school. Uh, he's a catcher. He's an absolute monster. He's one of the best baseball players that I've, I've ever played personally played with but um so this is going to be a story that leads into a second story it's a yukon related thing so this kid we're playing uh fall ball it's called super 17 or it might have been summer ball but it's like basically like a, a league that's like a showcase for college scouts and uh everybody knew he was like the best player on the team so he gets up his first at bat he strikes out to like this soft tossing lefty and he was pissed he was furious so he, before his next at bat he's like locked in and he's like if this fucking kid throws me a first pitch curveball that soft tossing garbage he's never going to see that ball again so we're like all right whatever so first pitch the kid throws him a, a slow you know hanging curveball with a wooden bat the kid hits it It had to be 420 over like over the trees that were in left side it was incredible it's the furthest hit i've ever seen in person uh not off of me because i've had a couple <laughs> off me that probably haven't landed yet but um so anyway, so the, the the reason that story is relevant is because that kid ended up going to play at UConn. He, he went to catch for UConn. And I should add that the kid was a fucking moron. Kid was one of the he was one of the best <laughs> baseball players I've ever played with. He's also one of the dumbest people I've ever met. Freshman year at UConn, they were on a road trip somewhere down south. Keep in mind this is freshman year. He gets completely wasted and misses the team bus in the morning. Wow. Gets kicked off the gets kicked off the team. So that is my that is my my Yukon fun related story. But um that's that's just a little bit of northeast baseball for everyone. You know where I was expecting that story to go? What's that? Uh, a big reveal that that soft tossing lefty grew up to be John Neese starting pitcher of the New York Mets. <laughs> no, that really was. <laughs> how old do you think I am that I played no, against I was just John Neese? But just like the way this soft tossing lefty with a huge curveball yeah, he just leaves yeah. over the middle of the plate and gets crushed. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, that sounds familiar. I thought I saw that a couple of days ago. Oh, yeah, that gets crushed. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, so, all right. So we'll, we'll bring it on back to the Metsies here. Um, recapping these games. So Philly's first game, we won 6-3. That was big old Tolo. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, let me bring up the box score here. He went that first game. And we beat the Phillies 6-3. Pretty pretty sound game. We scored in the first inning. We haven't been doing that a lot lately. We haven't scored in the first inning a whole yeah, lot. Yeah, no, the, our inning is the fourth inning. I think, we, I think we, we've scored more runs in the fourth inning than any other team in baseball has scored in any inning. 
Yeah, it's I. You know what it is? I think it's our second time through the lineup. I think for some reason with our hitters, I don't know what it is, but I think they just get. Well, see, here's the thing. Obviously, all all hitters. Once you the more often you see a guy, that you know, kind of more comfortable you're going to be. Yeah. But I feel like we really more than any other team I've seen, we have such a hard time the first time through the order, and such um an incredibly much better time the second time through the order. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, obviously, you're going to get a slight increase with most teams. That's just how it works. But I don't know if I've seen a gap as big as ours because, I mean, we go through some first time through the order against just just like quad A pitchers making them look like Cy Youngs, and then all of a sudden we score six runs off of them. I don't even I, – I don't get how that works. Well, I mean, I get it, but I'm just saying it, it's something about the Mets team that's really kind of uh, kind of confusing me, I guess, for lack yeah. of a better term. Yeah, but – I mean, hopefully this isn't, you know, a huge trend, uh, you know, the kind of streakiness, even in games, because it was something we didn't really see earlier in the year when they were, you know, hitting really well. They were hitting consistently throughout the games and that kind of died off. But uh, anyway, back to these games. This was the game where uh, Wilmer Flores started his clutch week with a tie-breaking three-run homer. He had a hell of a week, he did. He did. Wilmer Flores. One of, quite a few Mets had great weeks. Uh, Duda, I think, had 40 homers this week. Uh, Kadire, yeah. continuing. Well, I was gonna curse. say that was what I was gonna say. We should mention that Kadire hit a home run about three hours after the podcast came out. That curse is real. It is. I don't so care right. what anybody says. And we need to we need to use day, our powers wisely. Yeah, from the day we we uh, talk shit about Kadire on air, he's hitting three sixty eight with uh, almost twelve hundred OPS in those few games. So that's you're, you, you're welcome. Mean, and you're and welcome. let's be real. Let's be real. He's been awful the whole year. So that's firmly on us. See, what's funny, yeah. though, is as bad as I thought he's been, he's, I mean, his uh, OPS plus, I think, is 102. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's not that he's been terrible statistically. It's just that he looks so yeah, bad. He like, remember at the terrible. beginning of the year? Well, at the beginning of the year, he was uh, Babip Jesus. <laughs> so, like, that helped. But. I just, you know, I just, I still don't really love what I see from him, but I'm willing to take it. You know, ideally, when we gave up the first round pick, we wanted, you know, 20 to 25 homers hitting 280. That was, that's really where we wanted. I mean, it, I don't know if we're going to get there still. I think right now we're on pace for about 14 or 15 home runs, uh, which I wouldn't exactly right. be thrilled with, but I wouldn't be incredibly disappointed. No, and we're getting um, power from other spots in the lineup too lately. I mean, like I mentioned, Duda hitting 40 homers this past weekend. Uh, yeah, I mean, we knew the power was going to come eventually with him, and it's come very, very quickly. I have uh, he's to say, all the way up to nine now. I think he's hitting 290 something. Uh, he's, he, I mean, he's made himself into a top five first baseman in the NL easily. Yeah, I was never really worried about Duda coming around. He's too good of a hitter not to. But yeah. what I will say real quick is, is like I said, it's 10 o'clock when we're recording this. The Mets game is about to start. Uh, Duda's sitting tonight. He's not playing. Yeah. I'm not sure yeah. why against they said, a righty. Uh, uh, he was sore from that hit-by-pitch yesterday. Oh, okay. He said it's not a big thing. He'd be available to pinch hit and be back in the lineup tomorrow is what I've heard. Okay, well, that's good. But yeah. my point was, was mainly going to be that without him in the lineup, ugh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, who's batting? Granderson's batting leadoff. It's Granderson, Tejada, Ugh. Murphy, Kadire, uh, Siciliani's batting sixth. I think like it's it's ugly. Yeah. 
I mean, it is ugly. And I do want to talk about Ruben Tejada at some point tonight because uh, it looks like he's going to be the third baseman for a while. But yeah, we will touch on him. Him for sure. batting second. I mean, I know he's he's looked good the last couple of days, but batting him second is just freaking ridiculous. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, the whole I'm, thing about I'm not too against it because I'm okay with riding the hot hand every once in a while, and he's he's had a real good week, so I'm okay with rewarding that. Right, but um, I mean, I think Terry Collins. He's obsessed with batting certain positions at certain spots in the batting order because he just yeah. bats whoever the third baseman is second this year. Last year, he batted the third baseman third and the first baseman fourth, even if it was Eric Campbell. It's a good observation. So I think he just he's yeah too uh, too stuck in that mindset. Terry Collins setting his ways. What are you talking <laughs> about? I don't I don't believe you. Uh, you are a jokester. Yeah, you know me. All right, no, but let, all right. So we'll wrap up this week here before uh, guess the Mets. So the the Bartolo game we won six three. Wow, Ruben heard you. Ground rule double. No way. Yeah, Ruben Tejada ground see, rule double. See what happens when we talk crap about somebody on the air. Literally seconds Literally, later. Yeah, not even a full minute after I say he should not be batting second. Maybe we should just live record from now on. Yeah, right. And just talk all a bunch of shit about everybody. <laughs> just absolutely everybody. All right, so. 6-3 Mets in that game. Bartolo got the win. Uh, Quality Then we're going to move on to uh, the next game was the 5-4. We had touched on that. The bullpen blew the lead in the eighth. Brilliant uh, uh, start by DeGrom, though. I do want to yes. touch on how great of a start it was by DeGrom, who has been red hot lately. Yes, he has been fantastic his last few outings. Yep, and he is uh, looking like he did last year, which is great. Yeah, no, he. I, think, I really think it's because... Uh, and I really noticed it most of all in that Yankee start, but his changeup, which is what you know is probably his go-to pitch, he was throwing it so hard. Yeah. After like yeah. after that I first that month, in Yankees game. There we go. One nothing Metsies. What happened? Murphy with a is it a double down the line? No, single down the line. They held Man, him to Murphy, single, but he Murphy's been so hot lately. I mean, Murphy's oh, he's been, been red hot. Don't let me forget too. It was a, it was a rough week for Terry because there is a decision that I want to talk about later involving Murphy, but don't let me forget because it's an actual that's not just a Terry thing that's an actual strategy thing. Okay. But so the blown bullpen didn't use Familia, don't know why, and then that was the walk off. Who hit that walk off? Flores. That was Flores. Yeah, that was Flores he had the with game tying sack fly outs. in the eighth. He tied the game with the sack fly in the eighth, I believe, and then yeah. won it in extras. So uh, now, that now in extras. I'm trying to remember. I believe we had the bases loaded one out, and we didn't get the run in. And then with two outs, Flores got the single, right? Yeah, something like that. I believe that's how it went. Um, And don't even get me started on us getting the runner home from third with less than two outs because it's driving me batshit crazy. Oh, my God. I can't. I'm, like, losing my mind. Oh, you know what it was? It was uh, there was a single on a walk, and then Murphy hit into a double play. That's That's right. Kadir walked to bring up Flores, so. Okay, that's right. Because I remember um, thinking, like, how great they were going to blow it, and then didn't, so. So, we're going to move on now to probably the most fun day of the week, and that would be Thursday. Yep. Which 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 happened to be on a Wednesday, but it was still <laughs> Thursday. Has he so, pitched on a Thursday yet? I don't think he has. I'm, I'm waiting for it. I'm really, really, really waiting for it's it. It's got to come eventually, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it to happen. You don't even realize. Just, so, just for the pun. Let's uh, see. Washington got postponed today, by the way. I just saw that. So if we uh, win, we're tied for first. Well, there you go. 
But uh, um, this was the game. Due to so Homer Thor's twice. Day. Due to Homer twice, Kadir homered again. And, of course, the biggest news was Noah Syndergaard hitting an absolute shot right to the left at dead center. And I, He's a freaking hitter, man. He is a hitter. I, I want to say, now I talk about ESPN and SportsCenter sometimes on this show and how I just do not care for them at all. I, my, my brother uh, is a senior in high school, so he has, you know, the I don't know what you guys all have, but he has like the open lunch where, you know, during the lunchtime he can leave. And we live right next to my high school, so he just comes home. So he he watches Sports Center a lot. So when I'm down making lunch for myself, I'll catch it while he's watching it. And they had the top 10 on. And Syndergaard's home run was not in the top 10. And now I could see maybe if it was a cheap pitcher home run. This was a pitcher that hit an opposite, well, kind of an opposite field because it was left of dead center. 420 some odd feet. How is that not in your top 10 plays of the day? I will say to give them a little bit of credit, they I did see them talk about that game quite a bit. But how is it not in the top 10? You're not going to tell me there were 10 better plays than a pitcher hitting a dead center home run. I mean, to be fair, you might be biased. I'm just throwing that out there. You hate ESPN and you love the Mets, so you might be a little bit biased. That's that's a fair point, but still, it's a pitcher's monster home run. I mean, that's a monster dong if there ever was one. (laughs) But uh, I do want to talk about that game. I remember about that game before we get too in-depth about anything. I remember I was listening, and I was at 7-Eleven. Uh, when Duda came up with two outs in the first and they were talking about how the pitcher O'Sullivan had given up a lot of home runs and I was about to go in and I was like, you know what, I think I'll stay because there's a good chance Duda will hit a home run here and then he did. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I thought that was cool. So you're bringing all these, so, you're, so your shit talking is bringing some good luck and then your like intuition is bringing some good luck. Yeah, I've had a couple times this year where I've had a gut feeling that Duda was about a homer and he did. So I'm just throwing that out there that I'm probably psychic. Yeah, probably psychic. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> oh, there we go. Wilmer with a little opposite field single. I like it. The one thing I will say, though, is they just flashed uh, Wilmer's stats across the bottom. I kind of like how we're recording during the game because it's giving me stuff to remember, like to talk about. Um, he does. His power has been great. And honestly, I know you want the average higher, but if he hits 250 with the power he's hitting with, I'm all right with him hitting 250. He's got to get on base more. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. His and OBP, his... as of yeah, as of this at bat, he just got a hit, so it went up. But his OBP was two seventy three, which is which he's got to be over three hundred. Yeah, he's got to yeah. be over three hundred. So that's something he he does need to work on. Absolutely. Um, and it's weird because he doesn't. But I, I I mean he's not like he's not super aggressive at the plate. So I've always kind of felt like he doesn't look like somebody who's, you know, he doesn't work counts a lot, but he gets into long should, counts. He does. He should. Um, yeah. I, I don't know why I said that, but he does. He does work counts. And so that's why it's weird. He doesn't walk more. No, uh, that's what I'm saying. I was agreeing with you. Yeah, he's not a yeah. guy that, that swings early. Like he works counts. So it's really kind of astounding that he doesn't walk more. Yeah. And cause he walks like, I, th- I mean, what's his walker saying? He's gotta be like three point something right now. It's it's low. I mean, he's, he can't have let's see two forty. When they showed his stats, he's batting two forty four, OBP of two seventy three. Uh, we're two months in, so he can't have more than six or seven walks with those numbers. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. So it, it's low. Yeah, it's very low. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I do want to get back to 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 the game though from Wednesday because we talked about Syndergaard's home run, but we need to talk about his pitching. Yep. He was lights out. Oh, and Flores has five walks. Five. Well, there you go. My math was almost spot on. In 175 plate appearances. Yeah, so that's not, that's pretty not good. atrocious. But um, so th- 
Thor's start, six hits in seven and a third, no walks, six strikeouts. And I mean, not only did he have no walks, so he, he had good control, but he had excellent command. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Everything was working. He looks so like he I, he looks so legit. Honestly, he looks so polished. He looks smart, which is something I was kind of worried about from the scouting reports is that he'd come up and be a Zach Wheeler, you know, the thrower, not a pitcher stereotype. But uh, he's looked good. He really has. I'm really excited. I this is what I said when people were talking about trading Thor for a shortstop or, you know, blah, 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 whatever. I was like, no, this is the one guy we need to hold on to. We absolutely have to hold on to this guy because his stuff is just, it's too good to not at least give a chance. Like when people were thinking about trading him for somebody for a bat, you know, before he even got to the majors, like, no, we need to see what this guy has in the majors because he can be Matt Harvey, 2013. I'm telling you, yeah, he has that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think it would be ridiculous to, to trade him at this point. And gladly, I think Sandy's on the same page. I think he yep. completely agrees. Yeah, I don't Because think... I, I don't see... No, he's not going anywhere. Can we talk about these reports of like people saying, oh, the Mets should trade for like Starlin Cash? Look, it's actually I, was in favor, I was in favor of Starlin. I've brought it up before, and I still wouldn't totally be against it. But the problem is the value, because the Cubs are going to way overvalue him. If you look at his stats, he has not been good. Yeah. He's very I think overrated. he can be good. He's solid. I, I think but he's, he's overrated. overrated. Well, he's young, and I think that you know his the way he's playing this year isn't him. I think he's going to you know finish out yeah. and be stronger. But like, there's no way you're going to tell me at this point in time he's worth even Matt's. I don't. No. I wouldn't trade him for Matt straight up right now. It's funny you brought that up because I was about to bring he's up a negative I was war about right to now. Ask if you saw this uh, from the Fangraphs chat where somebody asked Dave Cameron about a a cinder guard for Castro trade and. Dave Cameron was like, no, that would be a terrible trade for the Mets. Syndergaard is worth way more than that. And I want to be like, see, Cubs fans, I freaking told you. Because so many Cubs fans were be like, so many Cubs fans on Reddit are like, oh, no, I want Syndergaard, Mets, Montero, Harvey, DeGrom. Give me all of them. Yeah, I don't know why I they mean, have a New York accent, but. <laughs> yeah, I just realized you're doing that. But I like your New York accent, by the way. I listen but, to too uh, much FAN. It's ingrained in my brain. Again, as we're doing this live, I just want to say the Mets just scored a run on an error, and mm, and this is it. and now Lagaris is up with first and second, two outs, and this is where I really want to see the Mets start to kind of uh, really improve as Juan strikes out looking on a we're gonna say low pitch, okay? That was not a strike, <laughs> so I'm gonna throw that out there. It really was not a strike. That was low, but anyway, the, I think the Mets really need to start capitalizing more on other teams' mistakes. That's how you get more runs on a daily basis. Well, that basis. was their first, like, week of the season was... That was, like, 90% of their runs. Yeah, or exactly. And then, they, and then they haven't done it in a while. Yeah. They haven't been so great with it. It's the same it's mold they as haven't played scoring... The yeah. It's, this, it's kind of the same mold as getting the guy home from third with less than two outs. They need right. to do that better. So they really need to start capitalizing on these opportunities. But, um... So that was Thor's start on Wednesday. I think we finished talking about that, like, three minutes ago. But, um... <laughs> so we'll split the week in half... We'll do guess that Matt, and then we'll come back with the second half of the week and kind of you know branch out into the to the other stuff we're going to talk about based on the Marlins series. So we'll be back in just a second with guess that Matt. It's time for guess that Matt. All right, we're back with guess that Matt. I am as hungry as ever to take back this this guess that Matt title 
or uh, or at least the leadership of of the game. I'm still a half point down. It's 15 to 14 and a half. Ethan's still a half point ahead, so uh, he can be home team again. But I'm not kidding. I went. I, I'm not screwing around this week. All right, I'm not. I'm not screwing around this week. I want my damn title. So you are you are getting very difficult. Uh, very difficult stats this week. Well, now I'm worried because I didn't make mine that hard. Good. It's exactly what I was going for. Oh, well. So you get to be home team, so you can, right. you can go ahead and give me yours first. All right. Uh, let's start with the statistic. Uh, All right. 1999, uh, okay. this player hit, in 155 games, he hit 313 with an 804 OPS, four homers. So it's 313, 804 OPS... And how many Four homers? homers? Four. I'm gonna. I honestly, you know how I usually take a while to think about this, but thinking about those numbers, I'm going to hope that you saw my comment because I know you like to be topical. I'm gonna hope that you saw my comment in the thread about your most random favorite Mets players, because I think that was mine. I think it's Roger Cedeno. It is Roger Cedeno, but that's it actually hilarious Rogers, because yes. I did not see that comment. That's, a, that's oh, actually funny. Oh, you didn't see that no, comment? I didn't see that. Well, you, do you know why? That's, that's actually really funny because do you know why I remember those stats too? Not that I remember. It's weird because I don't remember those stats because of those stats. I remember those stats because 1999 was the year that Roger Cedeno set the Mets record with 66 stolen yeah. bases. Yeah. And that I did know. So I kind of remember the rest of his stats just from remembering you know, about the stolen bases. Yeah. But, all right, so I am I'm on top, if only for a moment for here, as DeGrom strikes out the leadoff batter. Very nice. Nice. Do you know, I'm just curious, that year, um, Roger Cedeno, so he had 66 stolen bases, had a great batting average. Uh, OPS of 802 is nothing to scoff at. What was his war? Do you have it up? Uh, give me one second. Uh, I'm curious back. to know what his war was because those are some quality stats, uh, especially with the stolen bases. Yeah, but he, also uh, he was got a guy caught, who could walk like a little bit. Times. Yeah, but he was also a guy that could walk a little bit, and War likes getting on base. I'm just curious as to what. <laughs> I feel like he was one of those guys that that D War didn't like him though. Yeah, if I they did correctly. not. Uh, I mean, I'm only looking at our war here. I don't feel like loading Fangrass, but his uh, his war was only 1.5. Ooh, that's where he must have been real bad in the field because those are some good uh, offensive numbers. Yeah, his D-war was negative 1.7. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. That will do it, absolutely. DeGrom DeGrom throwing hard to start this game. He's up 96-97 consistently right now. It's good to see. Oh, here's something. Do you know who who led the team uh, for batters in our war that year? I would not have guessed this. Who led the team for 1999 in our war? Yeah. Uh, ooh, two in a row for DeGrom. Very nice. High heat. I'm going to say 99 was... I'm going to guess including D... I'm going to say Edgardo Alfonso? No, it was uh, it was Robin Ventura. Robin Ventura? Yeah. All right. 6.7. Most of, that it was was, de- most of it was defense. I was going to say... He, it was, I mean, he was always great with the glove. He could always pick it. Yeah, he was a good hitter. He, he was a very good hitter, but not a good average hitter. So I'm guessing that's one of the years he had the he finally kind yeah, of put I think it all he together. Yeah, like 30 homers. That year. Yeah, that'll that'll get you up there. All right, so let's see what you can do here. Wow, Degrom just threw a 91 mile an hour slider to Justin Upton. <laughs> that is that is some kind of something. All right, 
Ninth, I, I'm not kidding. I wanted the lead this week. I'll go easier next week, but I really wanted the lead this week. All right. As as a ball gets called on the same height that struck Lagaris out. Yes, I'm bitter. <laughs> All right. In 1977, this player led the Mets in both batting average at 304 and OBP at 383. And, sorry, I said both, so it should have only been two things, but I'm just realizing <laughs> this too. And he led the Mets in stolen bases with 33. So he hit 304, OBP of 383, as DeGrom strikes out the side here. And stolen bases, 33, all led the team in 1977. 77. Wow, that's rough, because that wasn't a good team, right? That was a bad team. They went 64 and 98, so um, you could yeah, probably say yeah. not such a good team. That was actually the year that Joe Torre was a manager. Yeah, people oh. don't remember that Joe Torre. They remember, <laughs> they remember payroll Joe Torre. <laughs> All right. Um, wow, I actually got like – I can't even really think of anybody who I know for a fact was definitely on that team. Good. Good. That's exactly uh, what I wanted. Ah. Uh, wow, yeah, I, I got literally nothing here. Go with uh, go with Keith Hernandez. That's a, that's a good choice. I mean, he wasn't on the team, but <laughs> st- still, still might be a decent choice. Um – Wow, I'm like, I mean, to be fair, you can a lot just of sleep the last couple of days, so I can't even think of anybody. To be fair, you can just guess because chances are you've never even heard of this person. You're gonna, you're gonna do that. Yep, I wanted the lead. I wasn't. I want when we lost that week because of the technical difficulties. I took the lead, <laughs> and I didn't get to keep it. So I really, really wanted it for this week. Okay, uh, I guess Wally Backman. Wally Backman. I don't think he was on the team. No, I don't think he was. No, I don't see him here. The correct answer is the oft-forgotten. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even know who this guy was before before I did this. Lenny Randall. See, that's so cheap. You can't pull up guys you've never even heard of. <laughs> that's not fair. I, I promise I won't do it again. I promise. <laughs> this, this was my one week of pettiness. Right, okay, <laughs> I promise. That's fair. That's I, get, fair. I get one week of pettiness. To be fair... You brought up friggin' uh, what's his name? That second baseman that won the Gold Glove, <laughs> Doug Flynn. I never heard of Doug friggin' Flynn and his sub two hundred batting average. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was a fun week. Who is the lowest Mets WAR in history? How the hell am I gonna know that? All right, well now I do, so I guess you did good. Yeah, see, you learn something but, uh, new every day. All right, so I'll give you your uh, your jersey number. So in two thousand twelve, this New York Met. War number Triss. Number Senior three. Met. Number three. Um, I think I know this. Was it? Mets don't have a lot of number of threes. Yeah, it's one of two. What are you two? Give me your two. It's either Josh Satin or Omar Quintanilla because I know they both wore it at some point. I'm pretty sure it was Josh Satin, wasn't it? Is that your final answer? Yeah. Yeah, Josh Satin raised some eyebrows that year wearing yeah. uh, number three. Yeah, because I'm pretty correct. sure Quintanilla wore it in 2013, and he wore like five, or not five, I mean, he wore like six or something in the. Well, I know you're, he also wore zero at one yeah, point. That, yeah, because that was one of mine a couple weeks ago. That was my yeah. number. But uh, no, I, see, I, I went very difficult on the stats, so I went easier on the, the jersey because I know you're a big Josh Satin fan. Oh, yeah. He, I, I was a big so. fan of him that 
2013 when he just randomly actually had like a 370 on base percentage over half a season. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, my uniform number actually from the same season, 2012. So you might have okay. accidentally seen this. So no, uh, I'm I retain this zoned lead. in on my uh, 2012. This player no, wore number 23. Oh, you know what? There's a very good reason I do know this. And I'm oh you can't even tell how ecstatic I am right now that I get to keep the lead. Um, I I know this because you can't not think of that number without seeing it crashing into the wall. Yep, yep. which is saving, exactly why I chose it. Saving one of my favorite Mets moments of all time, and that would be no no saving Mike Baxter. Yep, and so that this is, one was my topical one because it's yes the third year go. anniversary of the no hitter, of course. Yes. So I decided to honor the hero, Mike Baxter. I can appreciate by that. By enshrining him in the legendary guest that met. So I like it. I very much I like the uh, – I totally forgot about the anniversary when you asked. I literally just pictured him crashing into the wall. Yeah. Saving uh, – I have yeah. to say, though, I have done much – I usually am terrible with jersey numbers. I've done very well so far with the jersey numbers. I think I've only missed like one. or something? I don't know what it is. <laughs> I literally like – I'm very proud of myself. I guess you might. I yeah, think it's I've because doing, you're asking topical ones. Maybe I've been doing better than I expect. Maybe I think it's mostly because we're doing it the last couple of years when we. Oh yeah. Been watching. Oh, Obviously, we did like who wore you know twelve in nineteen ninety four. No, I would not stand. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you my Piazza's <laughs> number at this point. Thirty one, man. Come on. No, no, that was a joke. Good. That was sorry. That would have been. I would have been very upset. No, there are there are several numbers that I can always tell you. I can tell you Seaver wore forty one. You know, Piazza wore thirty one. I can tell you the I, or Donez wore ten. I can tell Carter. you these at any point in time. Gary Carter was was he eight? Yep. Yeah, that Keith? Was, he was eight. Keith. Uh, oh shit! No, I do know Keith. Keith was because um, nobody's worn it in a while. Keith was in the. 17? Yeah, 17. Yeah, that took me a second. But uh, actually, Gary Carter, uh, I would like to share a quick story again. I, I don't know if this is really a tangent, though, because it is related to the topic at hand. Um, when I was in high school, I, I did showcases at different colleges uh, you know, to decide where to play. And I, I was lucky enough to do a showcase at, uh, what was it? It was Florida Gulf Coast was the name of the school. Yeah, Florida Gulf Coast, which was actually where... Gary Carter coached at the time. He was the manager, uh, and he managed there until his unfortunate passing. And um, just an absolutely phenomenal guy, absolutely yeah. fantastic guy. We got rained out the one day because the showcase. You know, you're just playing games mostly, and you, you do a little tour of the school, but you don't do that with any of the baseball people. But um, we got rained out the one day, as often happens in Florida. So we actually kind of sat in a classroom with Gary. Uh, it was me and like probably about twenty or so other players. And Gary and uh, a couple of the parents that were there, I guess. And he just told stories and he answered questions. We talked about the school, but we also talked about just him playing baseball. I mean, just absolutely right. one of the yeah. nicest people you could ever meet. Never and, heard a bad uh, thing about Gary Carter. And I absolutely believe it because he was just a phenomenal human being. Yeah. And I actually asked him, one of the questions I remember asking him was about the story of the 86 World Series. And it was, oh, or the, sorry, the 86 NLCS. And it was one of my favorite answers I've ever gotten to a question. And there's this old story about with Jesse Roscoe on the mound in game six against the Astros, uh, how Keith Hernandez and Gary Carter went to the mound for a mound visit. And Keith said, Jesse, if you throw him anything except a, a, a fastball right here, uh, you know, 
we're going to have a problem. You know, whatever it was that Keith said to him. So I asked Gary about that, if that was true. And Gary Carter <laughs> looks me in the eyes and he goes, if anybody but me walked out to the mound and told the pitcher what pitch to throw, I would have popped him in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was dying. I was, absolutely, is, I mean, he was great. Yeah. He was just the absolute best person ever. Gary yeah. Carter, rest his soul. I absolutely adored that man. Yeah. He's one um, of my favorite historical Mets. Uh, cause I've always been a fan of catchers. I, you know, I catcher was always my favorite position to play in little league. So yeah. any catcher who could hit is one of my favorite players, which is why I'm such a huge Travis Darno fan. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, and, but I, I, mean, I just he, wanted to, yeah. to share because one of my favorite things is when you kind of adore somebody and then you meet them and they are that good of a person. It, right. It's just, it's nice to know that this person that you, you love really deserves it, you know? Right. So just if anybody else is, you know, big Gary Carter fan out there, rest easy knowing that he was just a terrific human being. And by the but, way, I brought up, uh, who wore number 12 in 1994. It was Jeff Kent, in case you were wondering. Okay, nice. Uh, <laughs> I like that you kind of backed up your uh, your own random tidbit there. Yeah, why not? I, I can appreciate that. I was curious after I said it, so. All right, well, now you get that extra little bit of knowledge, so we will be back uh, right after this short break with the second half of the podcast, which includes the Marlin series, and I'm sure we'll branch off a little bit from there. But oh, we'll you think? see you guys in... Yeah, probably. We'll see you in uh, just a second, though. You're listening to Raising the Apple, your home for all the latest Mets news, analysis, and predictions. All right, so we're back with the second half of the podcast. We will talk about the Marlins series, and then we'll, I'm sure we'll branch out and kind of talk about uh, you know related subjects based off what happened. But um, actually, I just realized, too, before we get into that, I want to touch on, I talked about strategy. For some reason, I was thinking it was the Marlins series, but it wasn't. It was the Phillies series. Because uh, you reminded me now, I was thinking back to the first half of the episode when you talked about Murphy grounding in the double play. Um, what I wanted to talk about was, in that situation, first oh, yes. and second, yeah. first and second, no outs in the bottom of the, uh, I think it was the 11th, no, the 10th. So first and second, no outs, bottom of the 10th, Murphy's up. Murphy had been just shit hot. I don't care if Barry Bonds runs full speed into Ken Griffey Jr. and makes the greatest baseball player ever seen, you bunt in that situation 100 times out of 100. I don't care if Murphy was 30 for his last 30, okay? And I, apparently ESPN's documentary series is having a psychological effect on me that I chose 30 <laughs> for 30 as uh, <laughs> as my... Uh, now you guys all understand how marketing works, but... Yeah. Um, I, I literally, I don't care if he's 30 for his last 30. You get the winning run to third base with less than two outs and extra innings 100% of the time. And you saw why. Double play. Right. I don't care what anybody ever said. And you could say the chance of a double play is 1%. I don't care. You get the winning run to third base with less than two outs 100% of the time. I could yeah. not believe Terry did yeah. that. I couldn't it's hard believe. to disagree. I was astounded. But at the same time, I can see, I mean, the rest of our lineup was freaking ice cold at that point. Murphy had been our best hitter for a long time. But you don't need a hit. You don't need a hit. All you need is a, a, a fly ball. Who is or, up after or a ground Kedire, ball right? to the right spot. Yeah, yeah. that's the problem. Kadire is freaking, you know, Mr. Swinging Bunt or Strikeout a machine over would have got your job done. Would it have if the infield was in? If the second, third, third, third one, the infield yeah. would have been in. Yeah, you break on contact on something that, you know. I'm just saying, 
Always, always. You get the run to third base, absolutely hundred percent of the time. Yeah, I, I don't disagree you with know. you, but I see, I see where I see the other side. And to I be fair, it. to be fair, I said this before he grounded into the yeah, double you play, did. and you can, can verify that, that because you yeah. were in the thread. I said before he grounded the double play that it was a terrible decision. So I do have you know that confirmation to back me up. But I mean, you got to get the winning run to third base. Just it has, to, and that's where Terry needs to be a manager. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. So hey, how happy are you that we didn't trade for Matt Kemp? I am because he's efficiently happy. Now. Well, he started the year really well, and he's been terrible lately. Yeah, but I just saw. I, I saw that coming. He's got he's got too many injuries. He's got yeah, too he's many got injuries for what he's in both to his do. hips. He's got two yeah. bad hips, and he can't play the outfield. Even when he's healthy, no. he was a good outfielder, but he declined rapidly. Yeah. So no, I'm glad we dodged that bullet. But uh, was that a pun? So, Dodged. It wasn't supposed to be, I but it was. But yeah, you, know, you it don't could think? Work as one. No, it could work as one. I guess. Yeah, it I, mean, it's a stretch, but... I usually like to take credit for my puns, though. Like oh, yeah. I like them to be intelligent, and that one was just kind of <laughs> by luck. But uh, all right, so the first game of the Marlins series was four three. We lost. That was Harvey Day. Very unfortunate for him. It really, it was one pitch. Yeah, it, was, it really was. The Grom struck out to... the first four here. Sorry. Yeah. Is that hanging gotta, slider to that sloth man, Justin Bohr? I hate that guy. I really he, am starting to hate that guy. Is, uh, it makes me uncomfortable. It really does. I'm sure he's a good guy or whatever. I don't really care. But his face just makes me, like, uncomfortable. And I, feel I like just don't dick. like him because he keeps freaking... <laughs> and he, he kept coming the whole yeah. series, he killed us. Yeah. He's like this shitty quad A player. And then all of a sudden, he just has this amazing series against us. Like, what Which the hell is, is just wrong with him? Mets. I mean, that's, yeah. that's as Metsy as it gets. But, um... So yeah, Duda, so Harvey Duda homered in that game at least. Duda homered again. That? Harvey went eight innings, which is great to see. Eleven strikeouts, which is obviously fantastic. Mm-hmm. And he and gave one up bad pitch. one bad pitch. He ended up giving up four runs. Unfortunately, there were people on base for it. Yeah, because there but, was um, freaking D Gordon, who I'm also starting to really hate. I really do not care for D Gordon at all. Yeah. Oh, they put it in play. Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, so. Duda hit his ninth home run. Duda hit a homer. Granderson hit his sixth. Unfortunately, those two solo home runs were all we could muster against Dan Heron, who he's pitching. I guess he's pitching well this year. But man, we have a way of making decent pitchers look fantastic. I will say, I just want to brag for a second. Coming into the season, Dan Heron was one of my top uh, fantasy sleeper picks because he always posts great strikeout to walk numbers, but the home runs were a problem. So I was, I said, moving to Miami is going to help. And it has just just bragging, just throwing that out there. All right, if we're gonna get on the topic of bragging about fantasy, you're gonna bring up Brandon uh, Belt. I well, no, I mean, yeah, he's friggin' turned it on lately. How good has yeah, he been? Because he's been saving my, my wow, team Murphy. Did you check? Look at your computer. I know you're behind me, or look at your TV. I know you're behind oh, I, me. I just look at Murphy's. I switched over, and I just saw him jogging off the field, grinning. He he was catching a routine pop up, and like it bounced up in the air, like he almost dropped it. <laughs> It like hit his glove and bounced up and okay, but my bragging point that I wanted to make is that I am running through the raising the apple fantasy baseball league. I am just destroying it. We are at the end of May, so we're two months into the fantasy baseball season, and in only two months, I am twenty six games in first place. I don't even know where I'm at in that. I have not Which, been checking what's your as team often name? as I should be. Are you the Magic Loogies? Yeah. 
you're an eleventh out of twenty, so not bad. You're middle of the pack. Yeah, it could be worse. You can you, well, you got plenty of time to still make the playoffs, obviously. But yeah. I am I am currently ninety one. 44-9 in first place by 26 games. So that's my bragging for fantasy I that I would like I've, to... Uh, I honestly, I haven't checked the team in a couple of weeks. I'm going to have to take a look at this real quick. You're not bad. You're only nine and a half back of your division leader. So even though you're in 11th, you're still well in contention. You're above 500. You're 65, 68 and 65. Uh, and then the 11 been, ties, but... I've had uh, Mike Napoli in there. Ah, oh, shit. I have DeGrom on the bench. Well, that's unfortunate. This is what really happens when I don't more. check. I really should. You, you're admitting to our listeners right now that you don't check on our league that I we started. It's been, it's been like a two weeks since I've checked. It's been a busy that's two weeks good. for me. That's not no, good. That's not good either. No, it's not good. It's not. I'm admitting it's not good. All right, I'm, you need. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm to gonna it. keep you. I'm gonna keep you in line now. We're gonna. Okay. We're gonna fix that. <laughs> okay. But uh, so that we covered that Marlins game. So the next one was the nine to five loss. That was just a whole big old bag of John Neese. Yep. Um, and meanwhile, Steven Matz is pitching like an ace down in AAA. We're going to have to have Christian on. I think we're going to have him yeah, on next we week. We should. We should. We should have him on next week because Matz is going to be up sooner rather than later. Yeah. And I know he's going to hear this because I love the guy. He listens to all our episodes. But we're going to have to have him on uh, next week to talk about Matz because I know he's starting to get super friggin' yeah. excited about him. He's, I mean, everybody. I mean, he's been excited about him for like four years now. So, yeah. Well, that's what I'm attempting to do because now everybody knows him as that guy that was on mats and like he's getting credit for it. That's right. what I'm attempting to do with uh, Conforto. Uh, I'm well, attempting I mean, Conforto to just throw my name behind a, him. I mean, he was the first round pick. He's a tenth pick. Yeah, but Stephen Matz I mean, kind of came out of nowhere. Understandable, but what I'm saying is more that yeah, sure, first round pick. But how many times do those fail? I'm attempting to say that he is going to be fantastic. Oh yeah, I agree. I 100% agree. If I, by the way, Tahada just got another hit. Of course he did. Really tearing up that two hole tonight. Yeah, seriously. But um, yeah, I forgot what I was gonna say. Conforto. Anyway, this game. Yeah, it wasn't about Conforto. Oh yeah, I was gonna bring up a prospect, Jeff McNeil, who nobody has ever heard of, but he has just been hitting at every level. I just wanted to throw his name uh, in the hat because I think people got to start paying attention to him soon. Well, that's what we've been. People have been saying about T.J. Rivera too, because he's a local kid. Yeah, but T.J. Rivera is really old, isn't he? He's like twenty six. Yeah, I mean, that's old nowadays, I guess. Ten years ago, nobody would have thought twice about him being 26. Yeah, because be fair, ten years though, ago, players all... peaked at 35. Yeah, but he's all singles, TJ Rivera, yeah. though. He's got no extra base. So I don't really know what he can do in the majors, to be honest. Just because, I mean, you can have guys like Juan Pierre that don't hit homers, but they hit doubles. This guy is and all singles for from what I've seen. And steal bases and play good defense. And I don't no, know but I'm Rivera's saying, well, he plays, he apparently, but I'm saying he apparently plays good defense. We're talking about TJ Rivera still. He apparently plays good defense, and... Uh, he hits for a good average, but it's just that's it. Like he, I don't know if he, he does that well enough to kind of carry it over to the major league level. Is what I'm saying. No, but no. I mean, obviously, I would love to see him succeed. Of course, I'd like story. to see any Mets succeed. Really but, do uh, well at the top of the order here. Murphy with a single, first and third, no outs. See, every time I look over at the box score, I miss a hit. Yeah, every well, time. keep keep looking then. Yeah. Uh, but no, that so that game, Nice went. Four, four innings, innings, gave up four earned, five total. Uh, Another two home run runs. for Nice, by the way. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Robles got runs. the loss, which is unfortunate to see with Robles because he has been bad lately, but he's got good stuff and he started yeah, well. And he's but got he's, good his peripherals. His last few times so. out. He's still got good peripherals. He's posting a high strikeout rate. He's got a low FIP. Uh, I'm not too concerned. Uh, yeah, and I do relievers, like the, f- the ERA can fluctuate very Oh, yeah, absolutely. Very That's much. why I, I don't 
I'm not too worried about him because he's still got great stuff, and I think he's going to be a part of this bullpen for a while. Yeah, uh, I do think he'll eventually mature into a uh, late-inning guy. Yeah, you're going to have a like, curve. Yeah, and Terry Terry has started using him in late innings. Obviously, he's blown up in his face the last couple of times, so he's probably not going to for a while. But uh, I did like that aggression from Terry to throw him out in the fire, so to speak, even though it backfired. Yeah, no, I, I, that's, again, like I said, I'm not going to just jump on Terry for every little thing he does. Uh, I, I, I have no problem. I know he got the loss, but I have no problem with using him that way. I mean, you know, you're going to have your bullpen. You got to, you got to, you know, be able to trust guys to get outs, yeah. you know? So I'm okay with, with him using uh, the young guy in that situation. I, I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah, and I know you uh, wanted to talk shit about Robles to help drink jinx him, but I, I've just been so impressed with his just raw stuff. He's so yeah, far. he's got great. I mean, he's young. He's young. He's he got to learn how to pitch to major league batters. That's all. Yeah. But he's oh, got there's that, the Kadire we know and love. First See, and third, I was no watching. outs. This is what happens when I watch. First and I'm third, no outs, and Kadire strike out. All you got to do is even a double play. Even a double play scores yeah. a run. All you got to do is literally <laughs> tap so the ball bad. with the bat. Oh, he God. looks. Hey, at least Flores is up here. But um, no, so, you know, Robles has great stuff. He throws upper 90, he throws 97, 98. Uh, yeah. you know, he's, he's got good stuff, so hopefully he can kind of get it down. And I'm, I'm hoping when Darno comes back, no offense to Plowecki, but I'm hoping when Darno comes back, that'll help the pitching staff too. Yeah, Cause no offense to Plowecki. He's another guy we could talk shit about cause he's been really bad. He has struggled, but again, and it's not you know, a knock against him cause he's a rookie, you know, it's just, he's got thrown in the fire, you know, well, called up. The type of rookie he is too. Like he's an offensive catcher. So yeah, if he doesn't adjust course. right away. You know, it could be a little rough, and it has been, but I, I still think there's something there. I still personally want us to trade him because I think his value will never be higher as a player for us than it would be as a trade piece. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I would, I would like to see. And I will ride this again. Holy balls. If we can somehow move uh, Plowecki and maybe like Montero and another piece, if that's what it takes to get. AJ Pollock, who is still just tearing shit up, I because Arizona's not going to compete in that division, and they're not going to be good enough to get a wild card. So they could possibly be sellers if they're getting the right pieces. Um, so I, I mean, I would just kill to see us go yeah. after AJ. You've Pollock. gotten you've gotten me on that train. I'll, oh I'll my god, that. I'm like uh, now I'm like in the point where I'm so excited that I almost feel like there have been rumors about it. <laughs> Like there has not been a single word about it, but I'm like so excited that I feel like there there are rumors and it might happen, even though there's probably no shot. But I'm just gonna amp myself up. Well, in, you, until what, this is actually happens. Uh, I was gonna suggest to email Sandy, but that reminded me of a story uh, back in the late '90s. I forget who exactly the GM was, but uh, my dad emailed him in the off season one year and told him that he wanted him to he wanted the Mets to sign Doug McAvich and the Mets signed Doug McAvich. And my dad I takes love, credit for I love, that. I love Doug Minkiewicz. Yeah. <laughs> he was with the Mets for one year, and I freaking yeah. love that guy. My dad takes credit for that signing. Spell his name. No. M-I- I spent three years learning how to spell Kirk Neuenheis' name, and now he's gone. All went to waste. It was M-I-E-N. Minkiewicz. Oh, Flores strikes ah, out. God, and throw him out. Him wow. First and third, no outs, and we get nothing. That is that is Mets. That is Metsy as hell. All right. And it's funny because you have a guy who never strikes out and a guy who never gets caught stealing in the straight mouth or remote. Oh, incredible. M-I-E-N, man, K. T. I think it's T-K. Yeah, T-K, 
I men I know it's like I know it's a W I C Z. I think it ends W I C Z. Something like that. Whatever. I give up. Hold on. You Google it. I give up. This up now. All right, but I, as you're looking that up, we're going to move on to the, right, uh, it's to the M-I- final game. M-I-E-N-T-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z. So we okay. were pretty close. We were pretty we'll close. Forget I think that. We'll both forget we that by tomorrow. We didn't get the order that I and E quite down, but uh, we were, we were right. on the right Good track. Enough. Good enough. All right, we're running out of steam here, so let, let's move on to this final <laughs> game of the week. Uh, Mets beat the Marlins 4-3 behind the greatest RBI double ever seen in the history of major league baseball i wanted him to try for third so badly because when that I, went to the wall i jumped up i was like oh my god he could get a triple here and i saw him trotting in a second i was like ah come on bart you gotta hustle i genuinely would not have cared if he got thrown at third base just just, just to see him try to do it and potentially been good enough to potentially see him slide I, I don't – I say this in all honesty. I don't know if he can slide. No, I think it would be more of a fall roll I, He doesn't run hard enough. Like when you slide, you yeah, need to be need running hard enough that you – Yeah, he, I don't think he runs hard enough to slide. I, I literally I think, think it would, it would just, be just be like – A belly flop. You ever seen like – well, you ever seen a kid throw like a tantrum? They just throw themselves to the <laughs> yes. ground? Yes. I think yeah. that's what it would be. <laughs> I think he would just throw himself to the ground legs first. Yeah. yeah. It, which I, which uh, I don't get hilarious. me wrong. Yeah. I I agree. I would pay to see that. I mean, obviously, there's a chance he would get injured, but I almost want. To I don't know if he's injurable. That risk. That's true. I think he'd just bounce. I don't know if he's injurable. I feel like there is nothing in his body firm enough to break. <laughs> like I feel like even Except his bones spirit. are like malleable. Yeah, I don't know I, if that's I'm just the impression sure that I get. Bones. He's, he might yeah, just, he's be just like, like a boneless doughboy. <laughs> Oh, big old Bart, we love you. He's just a mess. But, uh, no, speaking of that game, though, we will give credit to Terry. Well, actually, this is funny. We'll end the podcast giving credit to Terry uh, for bringing Familia in for the five-out save, which was Mm -hmm. just completely the correct decision, desperately needed. nothing Um, scared me more than the thought of Carlos Torres facing Giancarlo Stanton with the tying run on base. You didn't even you didn't even have to finish that sentence. You you could have just said nothing scares me more than the thought of Carlos Torres <laughs> and ended your sentence. That's all you That's needed. True. Yeah, but I mean we're adding levels of fear here. I mean this is like bordering on a horror story. Yeah. When you when you're adding in all those extra factors. Hey, at least Carlos Torres didn't bat this time. Oh my god, I will never get over that game. That was the game that pushed me over from being indifferent on Terry to wanting him gone. That was the game. I love mentioning it because I know that's like your trigger. That's like your yeah. Tumblr <laughs> activist trigger word is 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 is, is that Carlos Torres game? Because I remember watching that game and just like, what the fuck are you doing? What is wrong with you? Yeah, that's like if you're a sane human being, that was your thought. And then it ended exactly like I thought it would. And uh, everybody in the world knew that was going to happen. See, we tried to end the game. We tried to end the podcast complimenting Terry. And now oh, we're freaking out about that it. Is, I failed miserably. I couldn't well, even do two minutes. Now we're angry about something he did a year ago. Okay, yeah, we'll move. We'll move okay. past it. So Bartolo goes to eight and three, <laughs> and I know that wins don't matter, and I, and I I agree. I I think well, I won't say they don't matter. I think people go overboard when they say they don't matter. They mean very very little. You can't say wins don't matter because you could get a little something from them. Nah, but nah, wins but, don't matter. Like a tiny bit. I'm saying like one percent. Nah, but, I, I think that might even be generous. Yeah, but I mean, if you have a guy that has a six ERA, he's probably not going to win fifteen games. So I mean, you can tell a little bit. Well, yeah. But I mean, but I, but 
it's still Bartolo is the first NL pitcher to win eight games, which is, you know, cool. Uh, it's, I mean, it's <laughs> great for us. Because, my reaction. Well, it's, it's great like, for us. Right. It's right. more of great for the team because then it means yeah. we have eight wins, you know, at least from his starts. So great. two months into the season, which is pretty nice. Great. He's on pace for what? 23 wins. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. That'd be interesting. I mean, it wouldn't mean a whole lot, but just why not? Yeah. But you I mean, know, if we can get not? like that R.A. Dickey atmosphere when he got his 20th win. Yeah. It's just a fun thing to, to kind of celebrate, you know, it's especially because, you to... know, if he gets 23 wins, you know, he's going to get at least one Cy Young vote from one of those old school writers. Oh, just yeah. Think that'd be hilarious to see the 41 year old Bartolo Colon getting Two. a Cy Young 42. vote. 42. 42. Yeah. He just turned 42. That's right. If he got a Cy Young vote, I think I would, I don't even know what I would do. I, I yeah. feel like he offers so much joy. His double is <laughs> actually, I do want to comment real quick before we end the show. Cause the time is perfect. Andrew Kashner, the opposing pitcher just tried to bunt his way on. There's yeah. nobody on base. It wasn't a sack, but he tried to he tried to push down a bunt. I don't I don't know the last time I've seen a pitcher try to bunt his way on. It wasn't a terrible decision. Tejada was playing way back, and I mean it's the pitcher, so you got to figure you're not going to get it. No, I don't. I don't blame him. I'm just saying I don't even remember the last time yeah, I've it was seen interesting. that. But uh, I just want to see this pitch here. Yep, there we go. Degrom gets his fifth or sixth. It might be a sixth strikeout first time through the order. I think that yeah, was that. Yeah, it was strikeout number six first time through the order. He is he's in cruise control tonight. Nice. But I always um, like to see that. Yeah, so Bartolo gets his eighth win. Mets go to 28 and 23. We are only a half game out of first place. If we win tonight, aka last night, uh, when you guys are listening, so you'll know if we won, uh, we tie for first place, which will be nice to get back there. But uh, overall, I said they were going to go 0 and 6. You said 3 and 3. We ended up going 4 and 2. So uh, I'll say yeah, that yeah. I'm going to take credit for my reverse you said jinx working. 6. I don't remember that. Remember because I was trying to reverse jinx them? Oh yeah, that's right. Which which apparently worked four and two. It's yeah. a winning record. I'll call, mm-hmm. I'll call it a reverse jinx. So uh, for this week, another another zero and six this week. So Maybe. I want to do yeah zero and six this week again. But I want to do one thing real quick before I'm going to end the show a little differently tonight. I want to try something new. I want you to give me your closing thought. Just give me one one like a, just a sentence or two. That's your closing thought for the Mets. Doesn't have to be the past week. Doesn't have to be next week. Just in general, your closing Mets thought. Ooh. That's very vague. Do you want me to here? Do you want me to go first to give yeah, you, you kind of tell you? Yeah, I'll kind of explain here. what I'm talking about because I just dropped this on you last second, so that's putting a lot of pressure <laughs> on you. My closing thought for this podcast is that we need to move Nice and get Mats in the rotation. That's my closing. I thought. absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. You can't piggyback it though. You have to have your own closing thought. Okay. Um, my closing thought is that Ruben Tahada might be able to have a mini career revival within these upcoming weeks here. Uh, I like it. I like it. There's and a chance. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm definitely not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying there's a, there's a good oh, chance. Oh, come on. Stand behind your... I said John Mayberry was going to be a two-win player at the beginning of the year, so stand... Yeah, but that was tongue-in-cheek. It was half tongue-in-cheek. I was being half-serious. I will own that. <laughs> I was being half-serious, but... I think I think he's on pace to be a negative two-win player, so I guess prediction. that's like half credit. <laughs> yeah. Own your prediction, all right? But um, no, I will say real quick though. I, I guess we're not technically ending, but you brought up something relevant. Terry talked some serious shit. He threw some. Yeah. He threw some. Yeah. He threw some shade at Tata the other yeah. the, yesterday. He said that he's given him the chance to win the starting job three times, and he hasn't done. He's zero for three. So yep. maybe that'll finally light a fire under Tata's ass. Because you know what? He could be gone soon if he doesn't kind of make a play. Right. So. Who knows? But all right. So I put you on the spot there. But that's a quality ending thought for putting you on the spot. I like it. Not bad. So we will get on out of here. Coming in at about uh, an hour ten, I think we're at. So uh, I think that's a good time to end the podcast. 
Uh, we're glad that we could bring in other, you know, we caught you guys this week as a day wait, but uh, we're going to kind of have to work with the schedule we have as of now. So either Monday or Tuesday, we'll have the podcast out every week, depending on yep. what we're able to do schedule wise. But um, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, as always, I'm Mike here with my co-host, Ethan. Thanks for joining me, Ethan. Uh, my pleasure. Yeah. And we will see you guys next week. It's time to say Goodbye. And the Mets win it! Walk away, it's hard to say.